0: When you're a new angler too, you know, it's, it's somewhat intimidating if you're in this group, although it's like an online community, just asking questions that you might think is stupid, but there's lots of other people out there with the same questions. So I, I you know, I tell ladies, don't be afraid to ask because that's the only way you're going to learn. And then what you learn online, hopefully you can put it into practice. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. Inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host, Angie Scott and
1: Barb Carey. Welcome to another episode of the Women Angler and Adventurer. My name is Barb Carey and I'm a host along with Angie Scott and today... I have a very special guest on the show, and I'm up actually in Ontario, Canada, fishing, having a grand time with 35 other gals, and one of our guests is Yvonne Brown in... Avon is a famous angler throughout Canada, throughout the US. I just read an article in a magazine where she's one of the top most influential female anglers in the universe. (laughs) Avon, welcome to the show. Hi, Barb. Thanks very much. So, Avon, her claim to fame is she founded and works for the Ontario Women Anglers. Now, Avon, tell me a little bit about that organization.
0: Well, we're now just uh, finishing up our sixth year. Um, we started basically just to get women interested in fishing to teach them the basics so they could go out and bring their children out. And it's grown to, uh, we now have like species-specific events. Uh, we have weekends away. We do a bass tournament, fly fishing, ice fishing. So now we're doing year-round events. And it's, it's somewhat similar to the Wisconsin Women Fish Group. And we have about uh, an annual membership of about 120 people right now.
1: So um, the, you have these events year-round. How, what kind of participation is there? How many people show up to one of the events?
0: It depends on, on what it is. Some of them are small or have to be small because uh, we might be limited to, uh, like, for example, fly fishing. We try to keep it to like a 4-to-1 or 5-to-1 instructor ratio, and then we have weekends away or uh, we had a mus- an introduction to muskie uh, event last year and we had 40 ladies to that so it really depends on what our capacity is
1: so do you find that the uh, interest in the um, participation is growing quickly like i know we're women anglers in general Ooh. are just growing like crazy do you find that the same with your organization
0: Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, although people don't always renew their membership year to year, I find about uh, there's about a 60% retention rate and then we have about 40% that are newer anglers. Sometimes people uh, join and they stay around and, and come to the events for a couple of years and then they have enough confidence and skills and they kind of go out and they, they form uh, friendships with a lot of the members and they create their own fishing opportunities, which is exactly really what we want to see them doing.
1: Yeah, you know, it's the same thing with the organizations that I'm involved in, you know, to see that level of confidence from a brand new angler grow to one where they're so proficient and they're inviting other uh, women and, other guests along with them, and really becoming the leaders. And that's the thing that's, I know, really rewarding for me, and I bet that's the case for you as well.
0: Yes, and I noticed with your group, um, you have a lot of ladies that have their own boats and run their own boats, and I think that's one area we would like to see grow. We do have members that that have their own boats, um, but there has been quite a bit of interest in, we have a like a boat, uh, it's called the Pleasure Craft Operators Card Um, that's required if you're going to run your own boat. So a lot of ladies are interested in taking that test and, um, and just learning more about boating and trailering. So that might be something that we try to, um, encourage for next season.
1: Yeah, I know it's, uh, some of our first events that, you know, we would have women come up, no one had a boat And now we're up here in Canada at this resort and so many women have brought their own boats that there's not enough boat parking on the piers and the lodge boats have to be beached because the ladies' boats are bringing nice boats too. And they're really, they're, they're really proficient at them. I mean, you see them backing in, going out. It's like it's nothing. So that's just a way that our, our club has grown too. And I can see that that would be a goal for the future. We, we're offering a boater safety class and surprisingly, the interest of that is through the roof. I mean, just like you say, now, in Ontario, that card is required before you operate a boat, no matter your age or anything? Um, I believe you have to be 16
0: years of age uh, or older to operate, but um, I know if you go to a lodge, for example, and you want to rent one of their boats, you're not required to have that card, but the lodge owners or one of their staff do have to um, go through an orientation with you, and then you can use one of their boats.
1: Well, women didn't seem to have any problem this week here. Now, now, I you get a lot of um, you have a lot of Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. You have a you're, you have a pretty large online presence, and yes. and how did it come about that you're one of the most influential female anglers in the universe? Tell yeah. me about that.
0: I have no idea. I don't know where that came from. All of a sudden, I get this email that I'm on this list, and uh, I, I mean it was it was great to see, but I don't know how. You know, they, well, I I guess they just got my information from online, but as far as like our Instagram and social media, we have uh, a lady named uh, Leslie Dungog, and she does all that. She does a great job. Uh, I mean, I I do the Facebook and Instagram thing once in a while, but she does it on behalf of the club. And um, she really, I mean, lots of people tag us now in their fishing pictures, and it's just great to see this presence um, growing provincially.
1: That's, that's just so wonderful to see. And I, there's nothing better, I think, you know, like I'm looking at the photos of our fishing up here this week. And, you know, to see the smiles on their faces and getting these good pictures of these gals with these huge walleye. I mean, and you can just see the joy in their hearts coming through their smile on their face.
0: Yeah, it's, it's great to see, uh, you know, ladies catching their biggest fish or catching the most fish they've ever got in one day. Uh, maybe their first northern. I know Jen, uh, when I, we, we fished this week, she got a 36 inch northern. It was just fascinating. And like I think I told you earlier, it was like video game fishing. We were watching the marks on the screen and then her rod just doubled. And, um, it was a great fight. And every time she tried to bring it to boat course, it would run. And, but we got it in and she's got a beautiful picture. So she was super happy. And, and because she and I, um, we've kind of met through this association, um, it's just I love to see other women succeed and I didn't like I've caught three fish all week I didn't care I I really don't I just love being on the water and seeing everybody doing really well
1: yeah there has been a lot of personal best this week and mm-hmm. I agree it's so good to see I know I had a bunch of gals and the boat that caught caught their first walleye ever mm-hmm. and Um, You know, as as skills grow, I mean, you talked about video game fishing and, you know, I was at the same resort probably eight or nine years ago. And some of the gals that are here this time have also were on that initial trip. And to see how the skills have improved in that time, it is just unbelievable you know, how many more fish we're catching, how much more knowledgeable we are. And you mentioned video game fishing, because that's something I, I think I did a video on it earlier this year. And you know, when you're actually targeting specific fish on the electronics and you see that fish and you can target it and you can catch that specific fish, I think that's kind of ups it to a whole new level.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and the thing, Jen was just learning, um, she's not that familiar with electronics, but it was really good for her to sit and watch and, um, you know, see the different contours on the bottom and understand what, um, you know, the solid red, you know, we're in a hard rock area and to see weed uh, weed lines. Um, but so it's a learning experience as well as a great fishing opportunity.
1: For sure. So let's, I want to talk a little bit about um, your, your travel here, because here we're in Ontario, Canada, you're the head of Ontario Women Anglers, we all came up from, you know, Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, and we thought that, you know, we had so far to go to get here. And (laughs) you're from Ontario, the head of Ontario Women Anglers, we thought, oh, well, she'll just hop over for the afternoon or it won't be any, (laughs) tell me a little bit about that trek for you.
0: So I live uh, near Kingston, Ontario, which is near uh, Ottawa. It's quite far east. We're about f- 1,450 miles from here. So it, we, we made it into a three-day adventure. I met with Jen in a place called Felon Falls. It's about 1,250 miles for her. And uh, we broke it up into three days. Um, and we stopped along the way, and we take pictures, and we see kind of the tourist sites. So, um, yeah, it's it was a lot of fun. We did about six or seven hours driving the first day and then the second day was you know a lot longer we stopped in thunder bay and then we did the last trek and that was another six or seven hours so yeah it's not just a hot skip and a jump for us because we had to go all the way around like like here on lake superior and yeah a lot of people think we're a lot closer and we, we were just looking at a map of ontario and showing some of the ladies the distance that we came and i think they were a little bit shocked
1: you know, it's, that's what's, uh, so, so fascinating. I mean, and one of the things that's so fun about going on these different adventures is because you, you see so many different parts of the country and, you know, multiple countries too, as you wish, like we are now. And I mean, it just kind of opens up the whole adventure travel around fishing. And what are some of the places that you'd like to adventure travel to fish in the future?
0: Wow, um, I'd like to go further north in ca- Canada. I'd like to love to try catch grayling. Um There's lots of saltwater fishing I've never done. Uh, I, you know, I've been able to travel to Mexico and Cuba and in and, and so South America, but I've never really done any fishing down there. And there's just so many species. Even to go to Florida, like tarpon is something I would love to get. Like Goliath grouper, um, shark fishing would be a great experience too. So, yeah, it's the more you travel, the the more opportunities we would get. So we now sort of try to build a little bit of a fishing opportunity into any vacation that we take.
1: Yes, I agree. And, you know, back to the skill improvement, I remember traveling years and years ago and, and trying to fish just on your own in some of these destinations and not being very successful. And now fast forward 10 years when, your skills are so much proved and not only the skills, but the network. I think mm-hmm. networking, you know, social media has really changed things. I mean, I know even on this podcast, there's women from all over the country that listen to it mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, some are fishing one species here and the other people, you know, it's just a way to share that information and find out about new styles of fishing and new species mm-hmm. and new fishing destinations. That's the really beauty of this podcast and also just of social media in general. So I know I've seen some pictures of some giant, giant pike up in northern Canada, you know, up in uh, a a variety of the different provinces have those opportunities, different fly-ins and stuff. I just got that 42-inch pike up in Lake of the Woods, and now I'm thinking, man, a a giant pike destination would be super fun. Yeah,
0: and I know northern Saskatchewan and some parts of Manitoba are really known for that too, so... Um, if, if that's what you would like, that's an air, that's another sort of, uh, fishing destination I would like to try myself. Cause we get fairly big pike, you know, like 36 to 40 inches. But I think these ones are closer to that 50 inch mark, which is normally what, what like the length of a muskie. If we were to get like a personal best muskie, it would be around 50 inches. But to get northerns that size, it would be an awesome fight cause they're such an aggressive fish too.
1: Oh, I know. And that's, I kind of got hooked on it. I was actually using a musky bait and a musky rod when that, when that fish hit and when your whole body feels the hook set, you know, you got something good. And I, once you have a taste of that, man, it's like, it seems like these bigger fish, you know, once you get a bigger fish, it's almost like addicting. Like I started salmon fishing and now it's like, Oh, you know, so it's almost like you're keep trying to go bigger, bigger, bigger. And, you know, now muskies on a lot of women's target species mm-hmm. list that they wouldn't have had the confidence to, to fish for previously.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons about almost two years ago, I joined an organization called Muskies Canada, and they have um, chapters all over the, the country. Um, and it's because it was a species that I wanted to learn about, and they are very, very good with the education piece of it. Like um, fish care and fish conservation is uh, one of their mandates, um, and I thought, you know, why not join a group that has the knowledge and expertise and can advise me on tackle? And any time in the past where I've caught muskie, I'm usually fishing for a different species, which means I'm not really using a rod and reel that's suited for muskie. And of course, you know, you have difficulty maybe bringing the fish in and it can get exhausted. and And I don't think anybody likes to ever... Um, kill a fish uh, accidentally when they catch it, um, when they're fishing for something else. But last year when we did that event, um, they were so keen on getting all those women out and just to get them introduced to that species. And like you said, when you start targeting bigger species, that really becomes your focus. And and it it can be an addiction. Some of those guys, they may have started off as bass and walleye fishermen, but now they only fish for the bigger fish.
1: Yeah, it's fun. And, you know, the thing of it is, is that if you, when you do start targeting those fish, you have to be prepared to catch one. I mean, they say it's the fish at 10,000 casts, but I don't think it is anymore. I think that the, the odds of catching one, you know, the, there's a lot more fish than there used to be. The, the lures and the baits and the technology is really a lot more improved. So you have to be prepared. And if you aren't familiar with the proper way to release one and have the proper, hook cutting tools and the different tools that you need to properly handle one you really need to educate yourself before even an incidental catch even if you catch one by accident you know what are you going to do if you're out there fishing for walleye or pike and all of a sudden you get this 50 inch muskie in your net I mean those are some of the things that as a responsible angler you have to prepare yourself for right and it it almost doesn't sound like it's a negative thing. It's a positive thing that if that, that would happen, but you really need to be prepared.
0: Mm-hmm. We had a, an incident on a Lake. We were doing a tournament, and these two guys were in a pontoon boat and they were waving us over. Well, they were fishing and they caught this forty-inch muskie. They had no net. They had um, n- nothing to grip the fish with, um, and so we were because we were in a bass boat. We were a little bit lower in the water too, where they were kind of high up, so they couldn't even lift the fish into the boat so by the time we got there the fish had been on the line for some time so we were able to unhook it and and, and revive it but it probably took like a half hour 40 minutes just to kind of get its strength back before it would go it would submerge submerge itself
1: yeah that stuff is really important i know your group is very conservation minded mm-hmm. so is ours and i think most women's groups are you know they really promote catch and release especially these bigger trophy fish and mm-hmm really try to educate the members to proper fish handling all across the board. So, you know, down the road here, what's in the future for Ontario women anglers? What events do you have coming up? Uh, We have a couple more
0: left for uh, the year. There's a bass tournament uh, with my home club, which is the Port Perry Bass Masters. They've helped there the last few years. They uh, will have like one boater and two ladies on the, the boat. So that's September 15th, and we're fishing on a body of water. It's called the Bay of Quinte. It's attached to Lake Ontario. Uh, then September 30th, we're going to have our, our muskie day again with the Cortha um, the Lakes chapter of Muskies Canada. We have a fly fishing weekend in October, and then we're going to have another sort of a Christmas social get-together, and then we'll start planning for ice season.
1: Yeah, it sure goes fast, mm-hmm. and having these trips to look forward to really makes it something exciting to look forward to. Now, how, does, how do people find you on your social media outlets? Well, we
0: do have uh, an Instagram account, we have a public Facebook page, but we also have a closed group, and right now we have about 630 female anglers, and they're not just from Ontario. We have uh, American anglers there. We have some ladies from Quebec and some from the other provinces, and it's a, in the beginning, it seemed like I was the only one sort of posting stuff and sharing event information, and now there's all sorts of women posting their fishing stories and sharing information and and just putting a message out like saying, Hey, I'm going fishing this Saturday in such and such an area. Is anybody interested? So it's really becoming a community and people are are learning and sharing information and meeting up with each other. And and I think it's a great thing because I really do encourage ladies, don't like don't go fishing by yourself and and just meet new people in the community. And you know, that sharing of information and support is it's great to see.
1: So what's the address? Our uh
0: our website address is um, OntarioWomenAnglers.ca, and if you just go on Facebook and just do a, sh- a search on Ontario Women Anglers, you'll come up with like the public page in the closed group, and you just kind of hit a request to join the group, and and then I just uh, authorize it, and then you're in.
1: Well, that's the same kind of thing that we have with the Women Angler and Adventure. Now it's a closed group, and you ask to get in, and. The amount of information sharing and photo sharing is awesome. So we're going to make sure that we share your group. So, you know, if people want to, I, I don't think that you can be in too many of those. Mm. You know, I'd rather be in five or six women's fishing groups than some of these other groups that people are sticking you in that you don't even want to be in to begin with. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and there, there are some fishing groups on Facebook that unfortunately, you know, someone will. Uh, post something and then they just get jumped on. And I find that with the ladies groups, like they're far more, far more supportive and, and education is really key. Um, you know, and when you're a new angler too, you know, it's, it's somewhat intimidating if you're in this group, although it's like an online community, just asking questions that you might think is stupid, but there's lots of other people out there with the same questions. So I, I you know, I tell ladies, don't be afraid to ask because that's the only way you're going to learn. And then what you learn online, hopefully you can put it into practice
1: absolutely great great words of advice and Yvonne it's always a pleasure to fish with you I you know we don't get to fish together nearly enough and usually we go to an event and we still don't get to fish together because we're both so busy with our you know the other anglers trying to mentor them and whatever else so maybe someday we'll just have to take a trip to how about a trip for those massive pike up in northern Saskatchewan or Manitoba I would love that let's make it happen well, thank you for listening to the Women Angler and Adventure. My name is Barb Carey, and hit the subscribe button to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. And thank you, Yvonne, for being with us today. You're most welcome, and I do look forward to seeing you soon.